0: Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Jonah, chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2. And last week we began to consider the cry of Joni in the belly of the great fish. This, uh, we saw this prophet who was once strangely silent in regard to prayer throughout the whole ordeal on the ship. Finally, cry out to the Lord, his God, in fervent prayer. We saw that even in the lowest lows, even in the belly of hell, as Jonah describes his situation, you are never too far away from the Lord for him to hear your prayers. We continue this morning with the prayer of the prophet, seeing the heart of this man in the midst of the greatest trial of his life. So, hear now the word of the living and true God from Jonah chapter 2, beginning at verse 6. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast Thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto Thee, into Thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto Thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. Thus far the reading of God's word, let us ask his blessing upon it. O Lord our God, once again we do thank Thee for this word that Thou hast preserved and kept pure in all ages. Even the attempts of Satan and his minions and the wicked ones throughout history have not been able to keep this word from us. And so it has been given us unto this day. And it has been given to us for our good and for thy glory. O oh Lord, bless this Word to us this day. Make it spiritual food for us to feast on. May it be a means of grace whereby we are renewed in the inner man after the image of Christ. And we are strengthened and in increase in knowledge and wisdom. Oh, Lord, let the word of God go forth. Let it give us hope. Hope in this world that so often seems hopeless. Let us find our hope in thee, O oh God, our king. So feed us this day, we pray. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. wonder how many of us here today would say that we have been through such a great and terrible thing in this life that we would say with Jonah that we have been in the belly of hell. I know that there's no merit in comparing miseries, but we ought to look upon what we have gone through and seek to learn from those experiences. What was your response in the midst of those trying times? What was your mindset as the billows and waves came over you? What was the state of your soul while you were in the belly of hell? Those are all things that we ought to ask ourselves as we look back upon those times in our own lives. And those answers ought to aid us as we anticipate going through difficult times which we are surely going to experience. But it's not just the example of our own experiences that we are to have to look to in order to aid us in this life. But the example of Scripture. They are given to us for this very purpose as well. As we've already seen multiple times in this series throughout the book of Jonah, The man Jonah is a great example for us as believers as we go through this life. Last week we saw the experience of Jonah as he descended into the deep. As the waters encompassed him about and as the seaweed wrapped around his head pulling him further and further down. We saw that in that experience... The utter hopelessness, that, the, that in that utter hopelessness, the Lord brought about deliverance. And yet even the deliverance that Jonah experienced was an unpleasant thing. Jonah describes his time in the belly of the fish as being in the belly of hell. There seemed to be no hope. The prophet was getting his just reward. And yet, he found hope in what seemingly was a time of hopelessness. It's here that his prayer unto the Lord his God continues. It's in that sense of true Hope. And so we'll continue our study of Jonah's prayer by considering first Jonah's preservation, next Jonah's remembrance, and finally Jonah's worship. So, first let us consider Jonah's preservation. Look with me again at verse 6. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. Jonah once again recounts his experience in the sea. He says that he went down to the bottom of the mountains. Here we see the extreme depths that Jonah went to during his time in the deep. The underwater mountains even seemed to tower over him as he's sinking to the bottom of those fierce waters. He says, the earth with her bars was about me forever. Everything had surrounded him. The waters had encompassed him about. The mountains were looming over him as he sank further and further down it was as if all of creation had united together around him to form this watery sarcophagus that he now found himself in. The bars of the earth were about him. The sea had become his very own prison, trapping him in its clutches. And just as the bars of a prison are there, Uh, with the design to ensure that the prisoner has no means of escape, so too were the bars of the earth there surrounding Jonah, ensuring that he would find no escape from the prison of the billows and waves. He truly was trapped with nowhere to go. And so we get this final image of the helplessness of Jonah as he's slowly going down, down, down. But that imagery serves to show the magnitude of his preservation. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth and her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. The helplessness of Jonah shows us the sovereignty of God over his salvation. It shows us the sovereignty of God over this preservation which Jonah encountered. It was not he that found a means of escape from the prison that he had found himself in. No, it was the Lord who provided a means of escape through preparing the great fish to swallow up Jonah. And here in the belly of that great fish, marveling at the provision of the Lord to preserve him from the punishment of the watery grave which he so greatly deserved, he turns his mind to the marvelous work of the Lord and his salvation. Calvin writes, He again confirms what I've once said, that he did not pour forth empty prayers, but that he prayed with an earnest feeling and in faith, for he would not have called him his God except he was persuaded of his paternal love so as to be able to expect from him a certain salvation. Thou then, Jehovah, my God, says he, he does not say, thou hast delivered me but thou hast brought forth my life from the grave. Then Jonah brought to life again testifies here that he was not only delivered by God's aid from the greatest danger, but that he had by a certain kind of resurrection been raised from the dead. This is the meaning of this mode of speaking when he says that his life had been brought forth from the grave or from corruption itself. And so once again, it is as though the great prophet takes upon his lips the words of that greater prophet, Christ Jesus, found in Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In Thy presence is the fullness of joy. At Thy right hand are the pleasures evermore. Here we see once again that Jonah is a type of Christ pointing us forward to the Messiah to come. The Lord did not leave His soul in hell. He did not leave His soul in the grips of of death, but instead He brought about a deliverance so as to preserve Jonah's life. And neither did the Lord permit His holy prophet to see corruption during His descent into the sea or when He was in the belly of the fish. And all of this points us to Christ whose soul was not abandoned to hell, but was raised from the depths of the grave. Christ Jesus, the true Holy One, was not permitted to see corruption, but was preserved from the effects of death. Friends, what a beautiful thing we have here in this text. What a glorious reality that, it is, that is shown forth here in the example of this once wayward prophet no matter what you've gone through, no matter what sins you have committed, no matter how far you seemingly have fled from the presence of the Lord, He will hear your cries of repentance unto Him and He will pull you out of the very depths of hell which you have found yourself in. This is what Jehovah does for His people. Those who earnestly fervently cry out in repentance will not be left to see corruption. The Lord is faithful to His children. Though for a time it may seem as though He has left you to your own devices, that He has allowed you to sink further and further down into the grave, I can assure you that He has not abandoned you. In His due timing, He provides the means of preservation. His his Holy Spirit will swallow you up just as the great fish did to Jonah and He will deliver you safely into the arms of your God and King. Though all may seem hopeless in the moment, there is hope that is to be found in turning from the wickedness of your ways and turning unto Christ. Cry out to Him in your distress and He will preserve you as only He can. And it is in this preservation flowing from this mighty act of the Lord in saving His prophet that we now see Jonah's remembrance. Look at verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. Here we see the sincerity of this prophet. He says that his soul had fainted within him. In the midst of all that was going on, Jonah began to despair in his heart, thinking that he truly had been abandoned by God which is ironic since it appears that this is exactly what he wanted initially in his fleeing from the Lord's presence. All of the oppression and the distress had begun to overtake him just as the waves of the sea had. But in that moment, he found strength which can only be found by a child of God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord As he began to feel abandoned as he began to feel the immense weight of what he had just gone through as he began to be distressed and to lose heart he remembered the Lord Jonah remembered the Lord he remembered this truth that God was to be salt However severely and sharply he had treated him for a while. And this remembering, uh, this remembering the Lord speaks to the real genuine faith that Jonah had. No one who is not a child of God, who has not experienced the true saving grace of the Lord, who has not had their heart of stone removed and given a heart of flesh could possibly remember the Lord in a moment such as what Jonah was experiencing. Oh, the great faith that is displayed in this great prophet. And it was this great faith in remembering the Lord which is the basis by which he prayed unto the Lord his God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. It's as though Jonah is saying that he had fled as far away from the Lord as possible, that he was in the depths of the sea and that he had even descended into the belly of hell. And yet, by faith, he prayed unto the Lord, and he heard that prayer. Though he was far away from where God's special presence was there in the temple, God was ever near him. As Jonah entered into that holy temple, into the throne room of grace, to offer his prayers unto the Lord. His prayer was heard in the highest heavens, though it was prayed from the lowest deeps. What an incredible change we see from the man that we first saw asleep in the sides of the ship bound for Tarshish to now this man who not only longs to be in the presence of the Lord, but is experiencing the real presence of the Lord even in the depths of the sea. Jonah could easily have let his despair and fainted soul drive him in his actions and attitude in this moment, but he doesn't. He doesn't let his circumstances direct him. Instead, he overcomes those doubts, those self-defeating thoughts, those troublous circumstances, and his mind goes to the Lord, his God, in prayer, knowing that Jehovah will hear his prayers and answer them according to his sovereign will. Friends, how often do you find yourself in the midst of the most troubling of circumstances and instead of remembering the Lord, you allow your soul to faint within you? Far too often this is the case. But heed the example of the great man of God uh, whose circumstances were far greater than anything you or I will ever go through. And yet, instead of allowing his soul to faint within him, he prayed unto the Lord. Be as the psalmist in Psalm 130 saying, out of the depths have I cried unto Thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let Thine ear be attentive to, my, to the voice of my supplications. No matter where you are, no matter what you are going through, no matter how far you feel you have fled from the presence of the Lord, if you cry out to Him, He will hear you and He will answer you. Dear saints, that is the comfort that is found in Christ, that you have direct access to the Father in heaven. Even though you may be far away from the house of God, he will still hear your prayers in his holy temple. And he will answer them. Do not let your soul faint within you, but instead remember the Lord. And all of this culminates in the experience of Jonah by him rendering unto the Lord that which is due his name. So let us now consider Jonah's worship. Look with me at verses 8 and 9. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Jonah begins his worship of God by expressing the foolishness of seeking out your own ways or or neglecting to recognize the ways in which the Lord has worked in your life. He says, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Calvin writes, God alone possesses in himself all fullness of blessings. Whoever then truly and sincerely seeks God will find him whatever can be wished uh, for, find in him whatever can be wished for salvation. But God is not to be sought but by obedience and faith. Whosoever then dare to give themselves loose reins, so as to follow this or that without the warrant of God's word, recede from God, and at the same time deprive themselves of all good things. And to this, Matthew Henry adds, those who think to go anywhere to be from under the eye of God as Jonah did, that think to better themselves by deserting His service as Jonah did, and that grudge His mercy to any poor sinners and pretend to be wiser than he in judging who are fit to have prophets sent to them, and who are not as Jonah did, they observe lying vanities, are led away by foolish, groundless fancies, and like Him they forsake their own mercy, and no good can come of it. And so we see from the words of Jonah that to not turn to the Lord and praise His holy name after experiencing the greatest Blessing is to embrace a lying vanity. The Word of God tells us the proper response to the work of the Lord is worship. To depart from that divinely mandated response is to turn your back on God and to deprive yourself of all good things because without God, There is no salvation and no help to be found. But Jonah does not go after lying vanities. Instead, he worships his Savior. And so in contrast to the lying vanities of those who forsake their duty in rendering praise, Jonah says, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Jonah has experienced the great deliverance of the Lord who has brought him from imminent death unto a state of life, being preserved within the belly of the great fish. What else is there for this prophet to do than to praise the Lord? He says, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. His heart was thankful unto the Lord for the salvation that he had experienced. His heart was glad that Jehovah has preserved him from seeing corruption. And his heart is abounding with thanksgiving for the work of the Lord. And so he expresses it through offering a sacrifice unto God. With the voice of thanksgiving. Now, obviously, Jonah did not actually offer a sacrifice unto the Lord while he was in the belly of the fish, but instead, here we see an old covenant example of that uh, which we see in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. His actions live out a right understanding of the words of Christ in Psalm 40 and verses 6 through 8. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is in my heart. And so then he goes on to say, I will pay that that I have vowed. We saw earlier in chapter 1 that the mariners had vowed vows unto the Lord after they had been delivered from the great tempest as an act of worship and thanksgiving. And it's possible that Jonah did the same when he was delivered from the billows and the waves of the sea. But more likely, this is in reference to the vows that he made at his uh, being ordained the office of prophet that he was that he would fulfill his vow, which he had seemingly renounced when he had fled to Tarshish. Henry affirms this, saying, more probably his vow was that if God would deliver him, he would readily go wherever he should please he he should please to send him though it were to Nineveh when we smart for deserting our duty it is time to promise that we will still uh, that we will adhere to it and abound in it or perhaps the sacrifice of thanksgiving is the thing he vowed and that is it which he will pay as david in psalm 116 17 through 19. So Henry says that it's likely a renewal of his original vow, but it may be that the vow he uh, renews or keeps is simply uh, reiterating that he would worship God. And whatever the vow is, one thing is for certain that we have before us an example of a renewed man who has seen the error of his ways and was now set on obedience unto the Lord. He now sees the greatness of his God and he devotes himself once again to serve Him with reverence and godly fear. And then he closes his prayer with one of the greatest statements in all of Scripture. Salvation is of the Lord. And everything that he had just gone through in the great uh, chastisement that was brought upon him and being cast into the seas and the, and the billows and the waves coming over him and being swallowed up by the great fish, he saw the sovereign hand of the Lord at work. His praise unto God was not in any way focused upon himself, but was instead... Focused upon the great and glorious truth that salvation is of the Lord. Friends, when you've gone through the storms of this life, when you've descended into the depths and when you feel as though you have just made your bed in hell, and then the Lord brings about a mighty work of deliverance in your life, there is only one response that you must have. Praise the Lord. Offer sacrifice unto Him with the voice of thanksgiving. Do not be as those who embrace lying vanities and reserve for yourself the praise that is due Jehovah. Instead, render unto Him the sacrifice of Of praise, which is the fruit of your lips. He is worthy of your praise. He is worthy of your gratitude. He is worthy of your everything. Remember the vow that you have made when you embraced his covenant as your own and renew that vow by keeping it all the days of your life. He has redeemed you from the pit of hell. Now worship him with your entire being. Brothers and sisters, Jonah's experience is to be an encouragement to others in all ages. To trust in God as the God of their salvation. And so as you look at the example of this great man of God, say uh, with assurance, say with admiration that salvation is of the Lord. I want to close with the words of that great Anglican minister, Charles Simeon. However great, therefore, your guilt may be, or however imminent your danger, let us remember that with the Lord there is mercy and with Him is plenteous redemption. Let us remember that Jesus is exalted to give repentance and remission of sins and that though we were as much in the belly of hell as a living creature can be. Our cry should come before Him into His holy temple, and He should bring up our souls out of the pit of corruption. After two days, He would revive us. And the third day, He would raise us up. And we should live in His sight. Let us pray. O great God and King, we are so incredibly thankful for how Thou hast brought us up from the pits of hell. How Thou hast delivered us from the dungeon mire and Thou hast set our feet upon the rock, that rock which is Christ the rock of our salvation. O oh Lord, let us never forget, forget this. Let us remember the Lord our God just as Jonah did. And when we see the mighty works of thy hand, let us render the praise that is due thy name. For thou art worthy of all Praise and honor and glory. O oh Lord, let these truths of this scripture be a comfort to our souls when we experience the troubling times of this life. Let us ever look to the example of Jonah and how to respond according to thy will. O Lord, be with us throughout the remainder of this week and let us depart in peace. We pray these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.